Abundant life. How are you? It's good to see you. Uh, I can see you now. I had uh, I had cataract surgery in June, and um, uh, I, I for the first time in 25 years, I'm not wearing glasses. And uh, some of you are better looking than I thought you were, um, and some of you. We'll just leave it at that. Um, I've had. Uh, Heart surgery in February, I uh, came back from Cuba and wound up having open heart surgery. And then uh, in September, I had hernia surgery. 2019's kind of been a year of refurbishing. And uh, I am now tuned up for the next 20 years and uh, ready to uh, tackle a few more countries. I've been in uh, 55 countries now. And a lot of those, a lot of times. Uh, this year I've been in Cuba uh, four times. I've been in the Philippines, did a pastor's conference in the Philippines. I just returned uh, from Cambodia and India uh, this year. Uh, some of you that's uh, been coming all these years that I've been coming know that we have schools that we train pastors and leaders. We started in Kenya, and then we moved to Uganda, and... Um, then we now have uh, schools in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Senegal, Zambia. Uh, two years, three years ago, we opened up one in Mexico. And this year, we started a school in India and also in Cuba. And so now we have schools that are training pastors all over the world. And so we're very thankful for that opportunity. And appreciate all of you that pray for us if you... Uh, uh, don't keep up with us. You can go to my website at ronaldgrayministries.org, dot com, dot net, dot, dot, uh, and see where we are and what we do, or go to my Facebook page. I have a Facebook page at Ronald Gray Ministries, and keep up with us and, and pray for us as we are about the Father's business and doing what God has called us to do. Uh, I'll be going back this next year to the Philippines. They've invited us back to do uh, some more pastors' conferences um, in the Philippines, we'll also, next year, I didn't go to Kenya this year, but I'll be going, we, we started a, a satellite school in a town called Narok of the Maasai people. I know some of you, uh, have heard of the Maasai. The Maasai are very interesting, um, tribal people. They, they believe that every cow in the world belongs to them. And you don't want to tell them any different because they have swords and spears and stuff. And they can hurt you. And so, but we started a school in Narok, and I'll be um, uh, doing the first graduating class of the Maasai school next November. And uh, so I'll be uh, teaching a class and then speaking at the graduation. Uh, they give me a robe and one of those little hats and everything. I look really professional when I do that. Uh, it has nothing to do with, with, with my message, but... But Larry was say, talking about um, giving things, and he was saying, "Don't give any junk." And I, I just it just flew through my brain to tell you that uh, years ago, uh, when I was traveling in one season, I actually pulled a 27-foot travel trailer, and uh, we we traveled all over, and we'd go to churches and set up the travel trailer. And of course, those were the days. You old folks will remember this. We actually used to have revivals, yeah. <laughs> revivals. I know that's. It's a word you don't hear very often. I used, I used to preach for five days in a row. Can you believe that? <laughs> hard, hard, hard to imagine now. Uh, and uh, 
And so when you pulled a travel trailer, they would, they would give you uh, a grocery shower, okay, and, and let you cook your own food and stuff. Of course, some of the churches, there was an old term that particularly was used in the South, but they called it a pounding, okay? And I felt like sometimes we were pounded, okay? Because we would open up a bag full of groceries that the church had given to us, and about eight out of every ten canned goods did not have the label on them. And so you'd open up three cans and they'd all be English peas. And you knew what they were getting rid of, okay? And so the fact is, is a lot of times <laughs> we would have meals with four cans of English peas <laughs> and some kind of meat to go with it, you know, because you'd already opened it. You had to eat it. And so, so, so I want to encourage you, give good stuff. Put, if you're going to give stuff, put the label on it so that you actually know what you're getting, okay? <laughs> oh, but, uh, we, we do, um, we do covet your prayers and ask you, I, I went, I've been to Cuba four times this year. I told some of the men, I spoke Friday night and yesterday morning for the men and, uh, Cuba is a, I've been 15 times now in the last two and a half years and Cuba, the door is opened up for us. And I don't know how long that door is going to stay open. Uh, it's always transitioning, you know, it opened up for cruise ships for a while. It closed for cruise ships and, and, uh, they're right now they're experiencing very difficult financial times. Uh, and as always, you know, it's governments that get involved, but it's the people that suffer. Okay. And so I, I ask you to pray. I'll be in, I'll be in Cuba in February, uh, teaching at our school uh, of ministry there. But, uh, we ask you just to, to pray for us as we are, uh, about the father's business and do what God has called us to do and, and uh, share what he's put in our heart to share. Amen? All right. I want you to turn in your Bible today to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. I'm very glad to have Dave and Gail Farrell. They're living, uh, they're, they're originally from Louisiana, but they're living up in Cookville uh, now. But we've been friends for a long, long time. And uh, Dave has traveled with me on a mission trip. And, and uh, Gail has uh, been part of my intercessory prayer team, which I haven't done very good at keeping, but... I keep them informed, but I know she prays for me. And so I appreciate them coming and being with us uh, today. I'm so glad, Larry. Thank you for you and Ann and your friendship. Larry and I, Larry asked me what I wanted to do yesterday, and I said, I just want to be with you. I just want to hang out. Uh, I just love uh, hanging out with uh, servants of the Lord and sharing life together. And so uh, we ate some barbecue. It was so good. Uh, and then we... Uh, had a cup of coffee and and just visited all afternoon and so it was it was so good just to to share that together. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter five and verse twenty. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were already uh, were as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your goodness and mercy to us, for the worship that we've experienced today. And, Lord, I thank you for this house. And I ask you, Lord, to help me to speak what you've put in my heart and give us ears to hear what your Spirit would say into the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, I always feel like my job, part of my job description is to help you. Uh, I travel, as you know, a lot. 
By the way, with, with three surgeries, I, I still went to eight countries and traveled 150,000 air miles. Not too bad for a year of surgeries and other stuff. So we, we continued to do what God had called us to do. But one of the things as I travel is I meet people all the time that just say to me, Ron, I just, I don't know what God's will is for my life. I don't know what, what, what God really wants me to do. And so I've come to help you today and tell you what God's will is for your life. Every one of you. God wants you to be an ambassador for Christ. That's what the scripture says. We are ambassadors for Christ. That's pretty simple. We are. But a lot of folks. Now, I have a friend of mine. And, and for years now, we've been trying to get a, um, a word into the dictionary. And that word is acluistic. And what it means is, is you don't have a clue. And there are, there are a lot of people in the body of Christ who are acluistic. They do not have a clue of why they are here or what they're supposed to do. And they're just going through life and never accomplishing the purpose of God. There's a lot of people. I came across the stories of people who don't have a clue. Okay. Uh, there was a couple who had been dating for 15 years. And one day she said to the guy, she said, let's get married. And he said, that's a great idea, but who would have us? <laughs> he didn't have a clue. <laughs> a father said to his future son-in-law one day, he said, the man who gets my daughter gets a wonderful prize. The son-in-law said, what is it? He didn't have a clue. I believe that regardless of our occupation, regardless of any definitive calling, I think and believe, according to the Word of God, that every one of us are called to be ambassadors for Christ. The word ambassador means an official envoy. It's a diplomatic agent of the highest rank accredited to a foreign or government as the resident representative of his own sovereign or appointed for a special and often temporary assignment. So I believe that we are here on assignment for the kingdom of God. One of the things that's been going through my spirit in the, in the last few weeks is the fact that even as ambassadors, we are not here to try to tell people necessarily about going to heaven. What we are trying to tell them is bringing heaven to them. We are wanting them to understand Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so what God is wanting us to do is be an ambassador of showing people what it is to live a kingdom filled life. To live a life that transposes situations and circumstances and helps people to understand that while we are in this world, we are not of this world. We're the people of God called by His name. And I believe we have a distinction that God speaks to us and wants us to participate in. I believe that the reputation of Christ is directly affected 
by our lives. The Bible says that we are living epistles known and read of all men. Can I just tell you today that everybody here in this room is an example of the kingdom of God? Now, some of you are a bad example. (laughs) But nevertheless, you are an example. I just came from India and Mahatma Gandhi once made a statement. He said, after reading the entire Bible from cover to cover, he said, after reading the Bible, he said, everybody in the world who reads the Bible would be Christians if it were not for Christians. Think about that statement for a minute. Everybody would be a Christian if it were not for Christians. So I believe that we have a responsibility. And what the Lord's been speaking to me, and I I believe that this next year, and and I can't tell you, I'm just telling you prophetically. I, I know that we there's always something about New Year's, but I believe that we are on the brink of some things, not only in not just in our country. But around the world, I believe that God is wanting us to understand our responsibility of being an ambassador for Christ. Understand that we represent His kingdom. Understand that wherever you go, that whatever you do, that whatever you say, that I believe that we are examples of His kingdom. And I believe that there is going to be a revival, a move of the Spirit of God that is different than anything that we've ever seen in our life, in our world. I believe that God is preparing us for such a time as this. And so I speak that prophetically. I believe that God is bringing us to a place where we can see things happen in the world in a, in a, in a way that, that entire nations, I believe, according to the Word of God, will come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So, as ambassadors, what are some criteria? What are some, what are, what, what are some things, some characteristics, so to speak, that I believe that will help us to be able to minister to the society that we're in? Well, first of all, I believe that one of the things that must be primary for an ambassador is an understanding of the cross of Jesus Christ. I believe the cross must not lose its place in our lives. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and um, sometimes on these pages I have to just read. First Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 1 and 2, it says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I believe that the cross must not lose its place in our lives. In the picture of the tabernacle in the Old Testament, we see it was the ark of God with the mercy seat that had the central place. It was the mercy seat that sat on top of the ark that represented the mercy of God. It was the blood that was shed that gave grace to all who needed. According to the scripture, Jesus Christ is the mercy seat. Hallelujah. Without the blood, we would be under the penalty of sin. Without the blood, there would be no power of resurrection. Did you know that one-fifth of all the Gospels is about the cross. The Bible says in Hebrews, it is the reason that he came, okay? We know the scripture in John three sixteen: for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It was the love of God that brought Jesus to the cross. According to John 1, 29, it was for the whole world. I know that some of us still believe that there's people that are unsavable, 
But I got good news for you. There's nobody too far gone that the hand of God can't reach down and lift them out of the miry clay and set them on the solid rock. Hallelujah. And I believe that we need to pray and believe for the whole world. I believe that people are coming to Jesus Christ in massive numbers around the world. Muslims, we know these stories. They're having visions and they're coming to Jesus Christ and being baptized all over the world. Things are taking place. The cross is for the whole world. I want to tell you that the death of Jesus Christ was an accomplishment and not an accident. You know, so many times we just think, well, it just happened. No, it was the plan. It was an accomplishment. It was what Jesus intended to do was to die on the cross so that whoever believed in him would have eternal life. I believe that Christ's death becomes the foundation for worship at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. Hallelujah. I believe that God wants us to understand that his death is the very foundation for why we worship and magnify Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It was a divine exchange. Jesus was punished that we might be forgiven. He was wounded that we might be healed. He was made righteous with, well, excuse me, he was made sin with our sinfulness that we might be made righteous with his righteousness. He died our death that we might receive his life. He endured poverty so that we might share his abundance. He bore our shame that we might share his glory. Jesus endured our rejection that we might have his acceptance with the Father. He was made a curse so that we might enter into the blessing. Hallelujah. There was a divine exchange that was made that Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Aren't you glad for the price that was paid for our salvation? We can never leave the cross of Christ. We can never get, do what God has called us to do unless it's the basis for everything that we say and everything that we do and everything that we believe. It was because of the price that Jesus paid for us on the cross of Calvary. So I believe as ambassadors, we are to be committed to the cross. I believe we're to be committed to the word. Yesterday I spoke to the men and was talking about the emergent church and how terrible the philosophies that are coming through the emergent church that today they desire experience over reason. It's relativism, spirituality over doctrine, subjective feelings over absolute truth, social action over eternity. They're more concerned with how people feel than what they believe. I want to tell you something. It's not theology that is going to save us. It's theology. It's of God by the spirit of knowing who he is and what he's done and standing on the solid rock. Hallelujah. And I believe that those things, I believe we have to be committed to the word of God. We cannot be people who just allow situations and circumstances to get into us and, and move us. <laughs> I, um, I love I love a story that I came across several years ago about John Calvin. He was a man who preached the word of God uh, through exposition. He preached verse by verse over and over again for 25 years. On Sunday morning, he spoke the New Testament. On Sunday night, the Psalms. And during the week, he spoke the Old Testament. Now, eventually, 
<laughs> when you do that, you know, the amazing part is, is some people's eyes, you know, just roll back in their head, you know, when you preach from Lamentations or, you know, some of those books is like, oh, what is he going to say from there? But John Calvin didn't care about all that, but he just kept preaching. Well, eventually he preached a scripture and it made some business people in the church angry. I know we never experienced any of that, Pastor, that, you know, <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Sometimes people get mad when you preach the word. I just, I don't understand that. And so they fired him. They fired him. They told him to leave. And so he left. And a couple of years later, they decided that they weren't doing very well. And they asked him to come back. And so he came back. And the very first Sunday that he preached, he preached the next scripture that he had left off with two years before. I like a man of conviction. <laughs> You may get rid of me for a couple of years, but I'm coming back. And I will tell you the same thing that I was telling you before. You know, I believe, I, I, I may have shared this somewhere along the way, but it's, it's always one that I think about when I think about the Word of God. You know, a lot of times people in the, in, 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 in the church think that they, they know the Bible. You know, because they've been in church, you know, for years. And, and so I came across this story years ago about a young preacher that, that a church was looking for a new preacher. So they brought in a young preacher before the pulpit committee and they asked him, they said, young man, do you know the Bible? And he said, yeah, I know the Bible. Well, what part do you know the best? He said, well, I know it all. I know the Old Testament. I know the New Testament. And they said, well, tell us a story. He said, tell us about the Good Samaritan. So the young preacher said that was fine with him. He, he knew that story. And so he started out. He said, well, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus who went down to Jericho by night and he fell on stony ground and the thorns choked him half to death. And he said, what shall I do? And he said, I shall arise and go to my father's house. And so he arose and climbed into a sycamore tree. And the next day, Solomon and his wife, Gomorrah, came by. And they carried him down to the ark for Moses to take care of. And as he was going through the eastern gate of the ark, he caught his hair on a limb. And he hung there for 40 days and 40 nights. And afterwards he was hungry and the ravens came and fed him. And the next day, the three wise men came and, and carried him down to Nineveh. And when he got there, he found Delilah sitting on the wall. And he said, chunk her down, boys. And they said, chunk, how many times shall we chunk her down? Until seven times? He said, no, but until 70 times seven. So they chunked her down 470 times, 490 times. And she burst asunder in their midst and they picked up 12 baskets of the fragments that remained. And in the resurrection, whose wife will she be? And after he had finished, the chairman of the committee said to the other members, well, I don't know about you, but I think we ought to call him. I know he's young, but he sure knows the Bible. Well... You know, I, I don't know that it's quite as bad, but every now and then I hear stuff on TV <laughs> that, that's almost as bad. And, and a lot of Christians are gullible because we are not students of the Word of God. If we're going to be ambassadors for Christ, we need to be men and women of the book. We need to be people that say, it is written. That should be the basis for everything that we do and everything that we say and everything that we believe. So we need to be people who are committed to the Word of God. Amen? 
I believe that if we're going to be ambassadors for Christ, I don't think we could do it in our own strength. We need the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Did you know in the Bible that a spirit-filled life was the normal experience of New Testament Christians and should be for us today? You know, today we make it almost abnormal when people talk about the baptism and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you, in the new, in the Word of God, that was the norm. I believe it should be the norm for us. We should be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians says, be filled with the Spirit. Okay? It's that way in every translation. Be filled. You know what that means? It means put as much as possible into. It's my observation that some folks still have some room left. Okay? Just, just observation. Okay? You have not, you have not been filled up yet. Okay? Filled to overflowing, filled to the brim, filled to the top, filled. I believe that God wants us to be filled with the Spirit. The world today is tired of all the talk and no power. They want something real. They want to see something in action. I believe that if we have been filled with the Spirit, there will be spiritual byproducts. I believe that people will know that we've been filled with the Spirit. They're not going to, you know, I, I know I've said this before. I know pastor just got through teaching, but you know, a lot of folks, you know, in churches that I go to, I hear some people say, well, you know, Ron, I think I've been filled with the Spirit. You haven't. That's right. Because if you don't know, you haven't. It is a very definite experience. You will know or not know. It's not, well, I might have been, I could have been. It's, you know, you will know if you've been filled with the Spirit, okay? And so I believe that God wants us to operate and understand that there are spiritual byproducts of being filled with the Spirit. I believe that you shall have power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I believe there's power that comes through us. It's not our power. It's the power of the Spirit of God. But we are conduits of that power. I expect to see people healed. I expect to see people touched. I expect to see miracles take place. I have seen so many things I expect because I believe that it's a spiritual byproduct of being filled with the Spirit. I believe that not only are we are there power, I believe that the Bible says there'll be fruit of the Spirit. Y'all remember that scripture? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. <laughs> All of those <laughs> are supposed to be part of us. Let me say it over here. Oh, the whole package. It's not pick whatever you want. You are supposed to be a conduit. He's the vine, we're the branches, and the fruit should be flowing through us. People should know us. By our love, you know. Again, the reality is, is that so many times as Christians, we lose sight that the fruit of the Spirit should be flowing through us. People should know us by our love for one another. They should know us by our kindness. They should know us by our temperance. They should know us by these things that should be evident in our life. And so I believe there should be the fruit of the Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit brings a conviction of sin. 
I believe that when you're filled with the Spirit, it doesn't mean that you may not ever do anything wrong, but if you do something wrong, you're convicted by it, and you want to re- you want to ask God to forgive you and to create in you a clean heart and renew a right spirit within you, and you want to move on so that you can get back to that place of doing what God has called you to do. So I believe that there's the power of the Holy Spirit brings a conviction of sin. I believe it brings a consecration of service. I believe that when the Holy Spirit is on you, you want to do something for the kingdom of God. I I just don't believe that a spirit-filled believer just wants to sit back and say, bless me, oh God, like you did last week and the week before and the last 25 years, Lord. (laughs) Somewhere along the way, you are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to participate in what God has called you to. I believe that again, we are, and then I believe we're to be dedicated in winning souls. I believe that if you're filled with the Spirit, you want to show forth the love of God to those that are around you. So I believe we need to find out what the Spirit is saying to the church. Now I believe that another characteristic is something that we need to understand our culture. You know, we're living, we, we are living in a society that is constantly changing. Uh, somebody says statistics say that culture changes every three to five years. <laughs> they said the church changes every 30 to 40 years. You know what that means? That means we're getting further and further behind. You know, it's like one person said, we're, we're like a, an eight track, we're, 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 we're an eight, eight, eight track generation living in a, in an MP3 world. Okay. And somewhere along the way, we've got to get into a place where we understand that the culture is changing around us. I believe we argue about things that society is not involved with. We're not to be adversarial. I believe I heard Brother Charles say this one time. It's always impacted me. We are not to be adversarial, but redemptive to our culture. You know, there's a sermon that's Shared all the time about sinners in the hands of an angry God. But I want to tell you something. I don't believe that God is angry today. God still loves the world. God loves people. God is reaching out to people. God is desiring people to know him and to love him. And I believe that we have a responsibility to love the world around us. I believe that we are here to be able to do something for the kingdom of God that will affect our society. We are not here to change our message, but we can change the channel that it is it is sent on. I believe that God expects us to be able to do something to those that are around us. You know, it doesn't matter what people do or how they live or or, or, or the things around them. God still loves them, and, and so many times I find, even still in the church today. There's a mentality that if people don't look like us or act like us or talk like us, we're not accepting them. But I believe that the church of Jesus Christ is a people, is, is a place where whosoever will may come. I believe that God is wanting to bring people into a place of his touch and his care. I believe that we are to care for people, love the harvest before it is reaped. I believe that if we are going to be what God wants us to be, we have to be people who do something that God wants us to do. Now, I want to come back to that in just a second, but I want to say that I also believe that while we love people, we are supposed to understand the diversity of the body. You know, according to 1 Corinthians 12, everybody has been given different gifts. Aren't you glad that we're not all the same? 
Aren't you glad that God created us to be unique and different in our own abilities? We all have something to give. We have different gifts and talents. The Bible says that we are to be one, but oneness is not sameness. Okay? Oneness is not sameness. God never expected us to look alike or to dress alike or to talk alike. He, he created us with unique gifts and talents and abilities because the world has got a lot of unique talents and abilities out there. And the reality is, is sometimes you can't reach people, but I can reach people or, or, or vice versa. There's people that would never talk to me. I love Roddy. Roddy's one of these guys. I watch him on Facebook all the time, you know, and he does things and I'm like, go Roddy, go. I couldn't do that, <laughs> you know, but Roddy can. Because he has that gifted ability. And I think a lot of us get into a place we need to understand the diversity of the body of Christ. One of the things that always kind of drives me a little bit crazy in the church is a lot of times somebody will feel like that they're called to prison ministry. And they think that everybody ought to have prison ministry. And if you don't do prison ministry, they get ticked off at you. Why aren't you at the... Well, everybody doesn't have that gift to do prison ministry. Everybody doesn't have the gift to do youth ministry. Everybody doesn't have the gift to do children's ministry. Everybody doesn't have the gift to work in the praise and work. Everybody has different gifts. But what I'm telling you is we need to understand the diversity of the body. We need to believe that God has called us to do something. Okay? And here's where I'm really heading to is <laughs> you can have diversity, but you can't opt out of doing something. Okay, you can't say, well, I'm not like them, so I'm just not going to do anything. It don't work like that. Somewhere along the way, you've got to find out what your gift is. You've got to find out what your ability is. You know, Larry was talking about me traveling. All the guys, we, we just had an IOM board meeting. And, and even some of the guys that are involved, and I, they said, Ron, I couldn't travel like you travel. Well, a lot of folks can't travel like I travel. I've got grace for that. And I got a great wife, by the way. <laughs> and so the reality is, is I'm able to do this because God has graced me to do that. You know, he's graced me to get on a plane and another plane and another plane and travel and preach and do all these things. He has graced everybody to do that. I believe we need to understand the diversity. We spend too much time trying to make everybody like us while God is working to make us unique. We're trying to make people like us and God's saying, I don't want you to make everybody like you. I want you to find your gifting and your usability and do it for the purposes of the kingdom of God. You know, so I believe that God expects us to be involved. And really, this is the heart of what I feel like God is saying. Do something. You know, I guess the word that's been just, just moving in me for the last five or six months, pastors, just wanting to see the church reactivated. I, I just, I feel like, you know, that so many times, we sit in services and, 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 and my reality is, is how many more messages do you have to hear before you do something with what God has given you? How many more songs do you have to sing before you do something that God has called you to do? You know, and you, you, you can say, yeah, well, but Ron, you don't know. No, I don't know, but you know, listen. 
I had, I had a, you know, this is just being honest. I mean, I've, I had a, I had several of my friends this year say, you know, Ron, you, you've had three surgeries this year. You ought to slow down. I just felt like it was a refurbishing. I just felt like God tuned me up. I, I feel good. The doctor told me I got a clean bill of health. My heart's good. You know, I'm good. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm ready to do what God has called me to do. I'm not intending to back off, you know, I, I know that I've been getting all this stuff about Medicare. They want me to retire. I'm not. I'm not. I, I just go on. I want it on record on, you know, this is, I'm not. I'm not going to retire. I'm not quitting. I'm not backing down. And I want to encourage you, do something. God will use what you have for the purposes of the kingdom of God. I'll tell you a couple of quick stories. I lived in Aiken, South Carolina for 10 years. I was, I pastored a church there and, and there was a season there that I was on the board of the crisis pregnancy center. And I had served on the board for several years. And, and so I, um, I was on my way to a board meeting one night and, uh, I was, the Lord just spoke to me in the car and basically said, uh, uh, I, I want you to get more involved. I said, well, I'm, pre- I'm pretty involved, God. I'm, I'm, I'm on the board, you know. He said, I want you to bring a girl into your house. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You want me to do what? Yeah, I want you to, I, I don't want you just to be on the board. I want you to understand what the crisis pregnancy center does. And so I called my wife and I said, oh, maybe this is what the Lord said. And so the end of it is, is that we took a 16-year-old girl who had gotten pregnant into our house and she lived with us for seven months until she had the baby. Now I'm going to tell you, it's a whole lot different from being on the board to having a 16 year old pregnant girl who's not a believer in your home. It's a lot different. Now the reality is, is I don't know. I don't know what, what, uh, all happened to her, unfortunately, just because the way some of that works too is, you know, she wound up having the baby and, and, and she kept the baby, which we're very thankful for, you know, but I don't know what happened to her in the rest of her life, but I pray that some of the seed that we sowed into her took fruition and grew and accomplished the purpose that God had put it there. But I'm telling you, do something, you know, uh, another story that, that, I, that I like to share is that, that, uh, there was a season that I felt that the Lord wanted me to do a radio broadcast. And so I did a radio broadcast on the Caribbean Beacon. It's located on the island of Anguilla. And uh, I did a 30-minute broadcast every week for two years, okay? It was a learning experience. I mean, if you, none of y'all have ever done radio stuff. Radios, you know, the nice thing about preaching in church is that, I, you know, I may see a clock or whatever, but I don't always believe it. I don't... <laughs> I just kind of, <laughs> I just put it out of my mind. But when you're on radio and the guy goes five, four, three, two, one, you're off. Okay. You're done. He has cut you off. Okay. And so it was a great learning experience. And, and so I did that for, for two years. Well, after about a year of it, I received a letter from Guyana, South America. Okay. And the letter said, Dear Pastor Ron, said, we are, we live in the mountains of Guyana, South America. 
And we're in a place where there's no real roads and there's nobody, it's very difficult to get to where we live. But we found your radio broadcast. And so every Saturday night, we gather in one of our homes and we put the radio in the center of the room and we listen to you teach for 30 minutes and said, you have become our pastor. I wept. I thought, oh God, you know, how, how amazing that I could do this radio broadcast and here is people in another country, in another place that are listening to me every Saturday night and affecting their eternity. You never know what you do for the kingdom of God. You never know how it touches people, how it blesses people. You never know what a word of God. My encouragement today, and this isn't, there's no condemnation in me. You don't feel any condemnation for me. What I'm encouraging you to do is do something, you know, Find a way to get involved in something that God is doing. Find a way. All of these things that are shared here about participating in that. You know, it's amazing how many times we sit in church and say, well, somebody else will do that. You know? But the truth is, is God wants you to be involved. You say, well, I don't, I don't know if I can. Well, you never know if you can until you try. Until you do something with it. You know, the story, the, the rest of that story about uh, being on the radio was pretty amazing because, you know, I wound up preaching a pastor's conference in um, Costa Rica one time about 10 years after I had done all of those radio programs. And I walked in to do a pastor's conference. And as it happened so many times, they introduced me to my translator and said, this is my translator. This is Ron. And uh, he said, this is the guy that was introduced said, this is Ron Gray. And he looked at me, he said, words of restoration. I said, what? He said, yeah. He said, I, I said, you, you heard that radio broadcast? He said, yeah, I just heard you last week. I said, I haven't been on the radio in years. He said, no, you were on there last week. I called the radio station and found out that when people didn't pay their bills, <laughs> that they were, that they had me in the archives and they were just still playing me over and over and <laughs> over again. Uh, the, then I thought, God, what did I say? I hope I said, I hope I, <laughs> I hope I said something good. I believe that God wants us to be involved. Can I tell you with love in my heart today that we are over-equipped and under-challenged? There's a lot of fact today that a lot of Christians who seem to be sincere in their faith do almost nothing about it. A word that I heard years and years ago that's affected me is truth heard time and time again and not acted upon may prove more dangerous than truth not heard at all. God can take a small and make something great out of it. I said this to the men yesterday. Belief is never dangerous until it's acted upon. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ who say they believe. But a lot of people confuse intentions with actions. They make general decisions, but not specific decisions. A lot of times the theme for a lot of church people has become always put off till tomorrow what you could do today. God wants you to be involved. He wants you to be passionate about the purposes of the kingdom of God. We are ambassadors for Christ to bring reconciliation to the world. I don't know. 
<laughs> you know, as the Lord has been putting this in my heart, I'm just going to tell you, church, there's a lot of people. There was a song Steve Green sang 25 years ago that said, people need the Lord. I guess it's just been stirred in my heart. One of the things that I've asked God to do for me is I don't want to get so involved in doing ministry stuff that I lose sight of people that need Jesus. I don't want to be so involved in just traveling. I've been finding a way. Uh, I've met my neighbors. Uh, I've been making an effort to meet the people around where I live. I've been making an effort to to do some things. You know, I felt so guilty uh, because of traveling for a while that now I've been inviting some guys over to my house to do it a little Bible study. I can't do it the second Tuesday of every month because my life doesn't operate like that. So I just have a little group, the text message, and I'll just tell them, hey, on three weeks on Monday night or Tuesday night, we're going to gather together and I'm going to, we're just going to do a little Bible study and we're going to share some things together. And some of the guys are real committed followers of the Lord and a couple of the guys are not so much committed. I'm just trying to say to you that what I'm telling you, I've tried to practice. I'm trying to get involved and not just say, God, I don't want to just stand up at churches and preach like I've been doing for 45 years. I desire to be an ambassador for Christ. I desire to be a representative of your kingdom. Everywhere that I am, everywhere that I go, to the people that I talk to, to share with them the love of God, to share with them the cross to share with them the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, to tell them that the Word of God is still the same and will accomplish what it's been written for. It will do what God said it would do. I'm just trying to tell you, I'm not just wanting to say words to you. I'm telling you, I'm trying to practice what I'm preaching. I'm trying to tell you, I don't want to, I don't want to get into that place, Larry, where I'm just going through the motions and, you know, preaching to crowds and doing stuff and missing. The person that needs Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you what I said at the very beginning. I'm telling you that if I am hearing anything of the Spirit of God, I'm telling you we are on the verge. God is wanting to do something around the world. And I believe He wants to do something where we live. He wants to bring it here to us. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in this earth, in this place. Not out there, but right here. In my life, in my family, in my situation, in my circumstance. And so I want to encourage you today. Be an ambassador for Christ. Recognize that you're an envoy. That you are an official representative. Hallelujah. (laughs) I like that. Not unofficial. (laughs) You are an official representative of Jesus Christ wherever you go. You know, the reason, you know, again... The scripture said the, the reality is, 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 again, I go back to the scripture and I shared this earlier. We're living epistles known and read of all men. I can't remember who, who said it years ago, but you may be the only Bible that some people ever read. Amen. You may be the only person that, and I'm telling you, we, we think that we live in the Bible belt. There's all these people that, listen, <laughs> there's no shortage of people that don't know the Lord around us. So I'm preaching as a 
an evangelist this morning to say to you, do the work of God. Be about the work of the kingdom. Fulfill God's calling upon your life and upon your world. And don't let anything keep you from pursuing the purpose of God. And, and, and one of the things that I'm praying for is get back your passion. I just feel like the Lord just said that to me. Get your passion back. You know, you know, every now and then I have people say, you know, Ron, when you're, when you preach, you're, you get pretty intense. Well, I'm pretty intense. You know, anybody that knows me, this isn't just what, this isn't Sunday morning for me. This is, this is the way I live. (laughs) I'm talking to you like I talk to my wife. I mean, I, I, I get serious. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I, I believe, I believe this is the time now. I believe that now is the time and this is the place and we're the people to do the work of the kingdom of God. Would you stand to your feet? I think I said this kind of in passing and I was trying to remember who to give credit to this. It may have been Brother Charles. It may have been one of the guys at one of our conferences. But I wrote it down and it's just, it's impacted me. Love without involvement is deception. To say that we love the world and we're not involved, that's deception. So I pray today, again, I love you guys too much. I hope you don't feel any, there's no condemnation. I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on you. (laughs) I'm trying to light a fire (laughs) under you and say that I believe that this is a season of redemption, of power, of anointing, of people coming to the Lord. And so here's what I want to do today. Where Sean, where Sean at is? He's coming. Um, here's what I want to do. <laughs> Over the years, I've given a lot of different kind of altar calls here at this church, but I, here's what I feel like the Lord's put in my heart. I've been praying about this this whole week. I laid in bed last night praying over this, asking God, I want some of you to say yes to the Lord in a fresh way today. I know you love God. I'm not talking about you're away from God. I'm not talking about you're going to hell. I'm just saying, would you just, would you just say yes to the Lord again? Lord, I want to be an ambassador for your kingdom. I know that I probably signed up for that once, but I'm going to sign up again. It's okay. You know, we get sidetracked with life. It's it's not always easy. Anybody that knows me knows that, I mean, I am what I am. I just tell stuff. I told the guys yesterday morning, you know, since I was here last year, of course, we're raising our 16-year-old grandson, which is a chore, okay? And then last year, my mother-in-law moved in with us. 
So if you've never prayed for me before, my mother-in-law, I have a mother-in-law and a 16-year-old. <laughs> huh? I know. <laughs> Larry says it is being recorded. I know. I, I've told them this. <laughs> I, I love them, but it has changed my life. And I find myself getting busy, but not always doing what God's called me to do. And God's not just called me to come and preach. He's called me to be an ambassador. And and maybe this message is just for me. It might just, this might be one of those that it's just, it's just me. But I'm telling you, the Lord has renewed it in me and said, Ron, all this other stuff, you are an ambassador for me. Everywhere you go, everywhere you I try to touch people at hotels that I stay at. I'm trying to touch people on airplanes. I'm trying to be about the Father's business. Because I don't want to just do all this other and miss what God wants me to do with the one, the person. You know, we one of the things that we talk about sometimes, yeah, I do a lot of mission trips around the world, but you know what my mission is? My mission is right here. My mission is whatever's in front of me, wherever I am, who's standing right there. So here's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot because, again, that's what I do, Okay. If you would say today a fresh yes to God. Nobody's judging you about where you've been or what you've done. But today, you'd say yes again. I want you to step out from where you are and just come and stand here across the front. And I just want to pray for you, for God to stir your heart and to help you. If you want to say yes. Father, I thank you for everybody that's standing here. Lord, I've delivered what you put in my heart to the very best of my ability, God. And I'm asking you to stir the hearts of these. Lord, I don't know exactly how the future is going to unfold, but this I believe that you've told me that God, there's a, a revival coming, that there's a move of your spirit coming. God, I don't know how it's going to begin and I don't know who it's going to begin with and I don't know how it's going to function and I don't know what it's going to look like and I don't know, God, whether you're going to, who you're going to use but Lord, every one of us here are standing here and we're saying, Lord, here am I, send me. Use me, oh God. My life is not my own. I've been bought with the price of the blood of Jesus Christ and Lord, from this day, Lord, I'm going to have a refreshing of the knowledge of your cross. Lord, because of what you did for me, God, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. 
Lord, I'm going to stand on your word and believe your word regardless of what I see because we walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, I believe right now for an empowering of the Holy Spirit. I want all of you here at the front. I know a pastor's been preaching on the Holy Spirit. I want you just to raise your hand. Everybody here at the front. Father, I just pray. Lord, the Holy Spirit, fall on these, Lord, your precious people. And Lord, help us, Lord, to understand that walking in the supernatural God is the natural function of a child of the kingdom. That, Lord, we're to live according to the way that you've called us to live and be what you've called us to be. And so, Lord, I pray for the breath of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to flow over every person here. Come, Holy Spirit. And now, Lord, as much as it is within me, God, I commission this house. And I say, go in the name of the Lord and do what God called you to do. Be used of God and know that you are an ambassador of the kingdom. And there is nothing that is too hard for you or for God. That through him, you are more than a conqueror. And through him, you can do what he's called you to do and be what he's called you to be. And so, Lord, I challenge and commission this house with a refreshing, Lord, to be about the Father's business. And, Lord, this day, Lord, we say yes. Would everybody just say yes? Say it again like you mean it. Hallelujah. Now give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.